repeat after me? Say, this is God's word. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the spirit of God who is here. Thank you for doing exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. I pray that today something that is said will catapult our spiritual lives to a new level. And I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders taking place and raining down on this place and in these people. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As you can see by the video, we're currently in a, in a teaching and series called Leadership Matters. Everybody say Leadership Matters. Leadership matters whether you are a leader on your job, a leader in your company, a leader in your home. Leadership matters. And let me give you a tip if you are a husband. If you are married and you are a man in the room, raise your hand. And if you are right there watching, just raise your hand at home. Look, let me give you some advice. Do you know that it is easier for your wife to follow you if she sees you following someone else? Well, let me say it like this. Following the right person. Right. Listen, when your wife sees you are submitted to someone, it makes it easier for her to stay submitted to you. Can I get an amen from the women? Amen. Amen. So what I'm going to do, because when I did last week's message, I knew while I was doing the message, I was going to have a part two. So today is part two of last week's message, which is leadership matters. That's the series and follow the leader part two. So I'm going to jump right in here and, uh, uh, so if you are watching, there are, there's a way to look at the notes. There's a link that you can click. If you're here in the house, you should have some physical notes. Point number one is this. God will always use a man to lead his people to their promised land. Now, let me say that. Let me say it again in a different way so those of you won't feel like, you know, I'm prejudiced against gender. God will always use a man or a woman to lead his people to their promised land. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a story about one of the leaders in the Bible named Moses. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you through Moses's life that God does this. Listen, he leads us, but he does it through precept and example. I'm going to show you that God used Moses To lead God's people into their promised land. Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. I'm reading out of the New King James Bible. It says this. Now Moses was tending the flock of his his, uh, father-in-law Jethro. The priest of Midian. And he, Moses, led the the flock to the back desert. And came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So let me just, before we keep going, let me show you something here. Every leader, everybody say every leader. Every leader should first be a proven follower before they become in leadership. Uh, Everybody say a proven follower. Amen. Moses was under Pharaoh. 
Then he was under his father-in-law. Watch this. Joshua was, was under Moses. Elias was under Elijah. Samuel was under Eli. The, the 12 disciples were under Jesus. And even Timothy was under Paul. So God, through example, uses leadership to lead us. Verse 2 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked. And behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So I want you to imagine this. Going down 360, going down I-20, going down 35. And let's say you, you're going down uh, uh, I-20. And you see the Park Mall on fire, but it wasn't being burned up. Wouldn't that be a sight? Well, that's what was happening here. Moses sees a bush and it is burning, but it's not being consumed. So then verse three says, Moses said, I will now turn aside. Everybody say turn aside. I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush did not burn. Verse four. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look. God called him from the midst. Now, let me just say this. A lot of times we don't hear from God in certain areas of our life. We, we're wanting him to speak. We need direction from him. But guess what? He won't speak until sometimes we turn aside. You know, there's so many distractions in the world. And so, listen, it's not up to God for us to turn aside from distractions. Those are things we need to do. Some of you need to turn aside from the distractions of social media just to hear from God. Listen, I don't care if I have to cut Instagram off to hear from God. Instagram's got to go. What if Facebook was keeping you back from hearing what God wants to say to you? Well, it wasn't until he saw Moses turn aside before he spoke to Moses. He says, Moses, Moses. And he says, here I am. Verse 5 says, Then he said, Do not draw near to this place. Take the sandals off your feet, for the place you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people. He says, I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. And I know their sorrows. I want you to notice that God was in tune to what the children of Israel were going through. And sometimes in seasons of life, we're going through things and it seems like we're praying and God doesn't hear us. It's not that God doesn't hear us. He's very aware. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And just because we don't feel a person doesn't mean they're not with us. Amen. And so he says, I see the cry. I know what's going on. I know their sorrows. Verse 8. And he says, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them out or up from that land to a good land. A large land. A land flowing with what church? Milk. Does that sound like a promised land? Absolutely. So watch what God was saying to Moses. He says, look. I've seen everything that these people are going through. I'm coming down to deliver them out of Egypt. And then I'm going to bring them to a land flowing with milk and honey. He said, the place that I'm going to take them, the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and all the other ites. And see, sometimes when God leads you to a promised land, sometimes that promised land still has enemies on it. 
God gave you the promotion. It seemed like now you get to this new job, you know God gave it to you, and all hell breaks loose. Well, sometimes you have to get rid of enemies. Amen. Look in verse 9. He says, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I've also seen the oppression with the Egyptians oppress them. So watch this now. Watch what he says in verse 10. He says, Now come now, therefore. He says, I'm going to send you, Moses, to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. What? God sees the problem. He hears what's going on. He knows what's happening. But he says, I'm going to send somebody to help. God will always use a man to take you to your promised land. Say amen to that. So here's a take-home statement that I want you to think about. Your spiritual direction is tied to your spiritual connection. Your spiritual direction is tied to your spiritual connection. In other words... The children of Israel would have never gotten to the promised land had they not been connected to the leadership of Moses and Joshua. Say amen to that. And God uses shepherds. He uses a pastor. I'm using myself as an example. He uses a pastor to lead us and to feed us. And so this is why it's so important to maintain a clean heart towards your pastor or your leader. It's important for you to keep a clean heart towards your boss at work. You know, it's amazing how we want someone to promote us, but our heart towards them is bad. Oh, they may not see or hear you talking about them, but they know. Look at your name and say they know. Yeah, they, they know, they know. You know how you can feel something towards a person? They may not be saying nothing, but you know they hating. Well, your boss know you hating. See, your heart determines your height. Because out of the issues of life, the Bible says, it says that you need to guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And so most people, they have a problem because they haven't learned how to protect their heart. Because your heart is where your harvest comes from. In fact, your heart is from where you believe. And your heart condition will determine, listen, it will determine if you are led or fed by your leader. And this is why you should always pray and be led to where you go to church. Say amen to that. You should never say never. You should never be a part of a church where you can't trust the pastor. I'm going to say it on this side. You should never be a part of a church where you feel like you can't trust the pastor. Amen. I'm going to say it over here. You should never be a part of a church where you feel you can't trust the pastor. Amen. Why? And here's what I do. This is what I tell people. I tell people, trust me until I give you reasons not to. And make sure the reasons are coming from my actions and not from somebody else's pain, problems, or situations or perceptions. Amen? Listen, I tell people all the time, never let someone else's negative feelings and and offenses and opinions and perspectives taint your actual experience. Can you imagine, you know, it's amazing to me that, let's say on your job, and you and, and Susie became great friends, and, and, and Susie is so nice towards you, she buys you lunch, she, I mean, she's encouraging, she prays for you, I mean, all of that, and then Betty over here tells you something negative about Susan over here, when your experience with Susan has been positive, and you let that foolishness from Betty... Mess up your relationship with Susan when, listen, when your experience with Susan has nothing been but good. Amen. 
So don't let someone else's issues make your actual experience bad. Amen. And let, let me just say this, because see, last week, you can see by the video when I was talking about follow the faith and patience of your spiritual leader, not their flesh, because sometimes people get focused on the wrong thing, especially when it comes to what I call, uh, you know, the the preferences of a pastor or a person. You know, everyone, how many know everybody has preferences? We all have preferences. The car you drive, you drive it because it's your preference. Right? The clothes you have on today, you have them on because it's your preference. Come on, speak back at me. It's your what? It's your, it's your preference, you know. And what the hairstyle you decided to have today, whether you wore a wig or some twigs or, uh, you know, a uh, weave or you got a hat on because you're bald-headed, whatever you decided, it's your preference. Because, see, if you look at the flaws or the flesh of a person, You'll miss the whole thing. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. I said this verse in the first lesson. God says, I will give you pastors, watch this, according to my heart. Not my heart, but his heart. So when God gives us a pastor, that pastor comes from the heart of God. When he chooses a pastor from his heart for you, watch this now. He, God, has built in the personality and the personal preferences of your pastor into his style of leadership. He's already built that in. So if he's called you here, he's already built in a tolerance for y'all to have for my preferences. He's already built that in. Y'all already know there's three of me. We got Evan. We got Pastor Evan. We got Elder Evan. You all know that. So guess what? It's built into your tolerance system. But your friend might not have tolerance for me. Right? Amen. And see, God, he called, when he calls a pastor, he's built in all of that into their call. And let me tell you something you may not have realized. God's okay with the preferences as long as his preferences is not sin. Amen. So I was reading a story and I said, you know what, this is a, a story. Most people may not have ever seen this story. Because see, sometimes, especially in a church setting, we get caught up with the preferences. You know. It's, it's, okay, so let me let me read this. This is the new, well, the Living Bible of Numbers chapter twelve. I'm going to show you that God has no problems with the preferences of a leader, so you shouldn't. Watch this. Numbers in the Living Bible chapter twelve, verse one. It says, "One day, Miriam." Let me stop there because Miriam was Moses' sister. So the context of this story, we're still talking about Moses, who God had chosen to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt into a promised land. Miriam was Moses' sister. I'm not sure if she was the one that pushed the basket, you know, down the river for him to be discovered. I don't know if this was her, but because he had more than one sister. But it says Miriam and Aaron, they talked. Uh, well, let, let me read the, the Living Bible. It says, one day Miriam and Aaron were criticizing Moses because his wife was a Cushite woman. So let me just give you 2022. Cushite, the new king, the King James says she was an Ethiopian woman. In 2022, she was a black lady. So Moses married a black lady. Well, Miriam and Aaron were criticizing him because of that. What the reason I have an issue with that is they ain't got to sleep with her. He does. 
Well, let's see what happened. Well, let me read the message translation of that same verse. Miriam and Aaron talked against Moses behind his back because of the woman that he married. Wow. Well, let's see what happened. And they said, verse 2, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Has he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Who heard them? The Lord heard them. And immediately he summoned Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to the tabernacle. He says, come here, you three, he commanded. So they stood before the Lord. And then it says, now Moses was the humblest man on earth. Boy, Moses was so humble. He wrote that he was humble about himself. I mean, that's humble, ain't it? The humblest man on the earth wrote about himself being humble. Verse 5. Then the Lord descended in the cloud. He stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he says, step forward. And they did. And the Lord said to them, even with the prophet, I would communicate by visions and dreams. But that is not how I communicate with my servant Moses. He is completely at home in my house. And with him, I speak face to face. And he shall see the very form of God. Why then? Listen to what God says to them. Why then were you not afraid to criticize him? Wow. Then the anger of the Lord grew hot against them and he departed. As the cloud moved from above the tabernacle, Miriam suddenly became white with leprosy. When Aaron saw what had happened, I'm sure he saw it. Who was next? <laughs> he sees his sister. He sees her get some, 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 some leprosy. And then he says, he cried out to who? The very person he was criticizing. Have you ever had somebody who smile in your face? Oh, I won't take your place. You ever had one of those people get in some trouble and then they got to come to you to get out of it? Here it is. Aaron was like, Moses. And then he says, oh, sir. Oh, so now you want to call me, sir. He says, oh, sir, do not punish us for this sin. See, that was sin. Do you know talking about people is a sin? It's called gossip. And here's the problem with gossip. The reason why most of us cannot check the gossip in other people is because it's in us. See, when people bring you gossip, they come to you and say, girl, you at work. Girl, I, I, heard, I heard Susan had an abortion. You know what you need to say to them? Why are you telling me? Come on, y'all practice. Man, did you hear? I heard, I heard the boss, he getting a divorce. Why are you telling me? Girl, I heard that Sally really, she bald headed under that wig. <laughs> Why are you telling me? Why are you telling me? But you know what? Most of us can't say, why are you telling me? Because you know why? Because we want to know. See, the Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. See, when you think bad about somebody and you don't know that about them for a fact because you didn't ask them and you say things, when you do that, it's only because it's in you. To the pure, all things are pure. But to the defiled, nothing's pure. So he cries out. He says, Moses, help us. 
pray. And so then verse 13 says, and Moses cried out to the Lord, heal her, oh God, I beg you. And the Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, she would be defiled seven days. Let her be banished from the camp for seven days. And after that, she can come again. So church, don't let my personal preferences get you in trouble with God. Don't do it. Don't worry about it. See, you know, because I, I get all kind of, you know, uh, questions. And I got friends, my pastor friends trying to fix me up here, fix me up there. And I'm like, no, no. I got God's help. Amen. I'm a, look, church, I'm going to get married again. I'm telling y'all. Okay, I am. Yeah, thank you. If you're not clapping, check yourself. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to get married again. So when I do, just don't talk about my preference. Don't do it. Just, just, just be like, if, let me tell you what to do. When you, when you, when you figure it out, and I, I tell you, I, this is what I want y'all to do. Praise the Lord. I'm happy for Pastor Evan. Go, y'all, go on to practice. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Cause see, I don't want to have to pray for you about leprosy because I don't know if it'll work. I've never prayed for somebody to not have leprosy. I don't want to have to pray for that. So, guess what? Have you, have, I'm in on Instagram. Have you on Instagram? Anybody on Instagram? Okay, there's this, uh, there's this real, and it's this guy in front of a lot of some judges, and uh, he's, uh, he's confessing to be the fastest book reader in the world. Have y'all seen that one? And so he takes the book, and he goes, <laughs> well, that's how I'm going to have to do, because that's how I'm, I don't have enough time for my notes, so... <laughs> We're, we're out of time, so here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. Listen, you have to keep your heart right towards the person who's leading you and feeding you. Because if you don't, you know what will happen? You will disconnect from that spiritual connection. And that's what God uses to lead you. I never understood Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 to its impact until I started uh, putting this lesson together. Listen to what it says in the King James Version of Hebrews 13, 17. It says, obey them that have rule over you. And I ain't obeying nobody. Well, you have to obey your boss. I ain't got to obey them. Well, that's why you on unemployment. He says, obey them that have the rule over you. And then he says what? Submit yourself. See, there's a difference between obeying and submission. One is an outside act. One is an internal attitude. Because, see, you can obey on the outside and not be submitted on the inside. I heard a story about a little boy. His mother, he was acting up and his mother gave him three tries on the third one. She says, go stand over there in that corner until I tell you to come out. He went over there and stood in the corner and he said to himself on the inside, I'm standing up on the outside, but on the inside I'm sitting down. That's the average person attitude. You can obey on the outside, but not be submitted on the inside. He says, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. Why? Because they watch over your soul as though that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that's unprofitable. Listen, when Miriam allowed her heart towards uh, Moses to get messed up, that was profitable for her. Listen to the New Living Translation of that verse. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your soul. And they are accountable to God. Who are they accountable to? Listen, I am not looking forward to that day when I know I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account. Now, I do as best as I can. I mean, I'm working it. And this is one thing they can't say. I do love people. I'm going to do that. 
But I don't know, you know, when I stand before God, I want him to be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Say amen to that. And let me just say this. If you're married, how many married, married, married? If you're watching me and you're married, listen, the way you treat your spouse has nothing to do with your spouse. It has all to do with God. Because he instituted marriage. The Bible says, whom God has joined together, let no man pull asunder. So here's my advice to you. When you die and go to heaven, he's, your spouse will not be standing next to you. Amen. That was free. So Miriam developed leprosy because she had an issue with something regarding Moses that wasn't even her business. Say amen to that. She let her heart towards him get bad, which eventually affected her being led by him. Here's, so, so I'm going to close with this story. I'm closing with this story. Uh, y'all may have to go to the first uh, uh, YouTube and watch the rest of the service because I'm going to get y'all out. Are y'all okay with that? Or y'all don't want leftovers? I don't want no leftovers. No, they was fresh when I gave it. <laughs> Okay, so check this out. Because, see, I'm trying to get, uh, you got to make sure your heart stays right. If I say years ago. Years ago when I was single, I think I was like 25, 26. And uh, I lived in Ohio, and I went to a church. It was a small church. Uh, and before COVID, the average church size was 80 to 100 people. So this church probably had about 60 and then 100 on Easter. You know that kind? So, um, you know, I was being trained in that church as a minister. The word was good. The training was good. And so every year we would go to camp. We would go to camp and they would invite a guest speaker and we, they would, you know, just teach us and grow us and that type of thing. So it's time to go to camp. And uh, I was one of the designated drivers for the van to go to camp. No big deal. I drive well. So on the way down, my friend Doug was the designated driver. So Doug's driving the camp, the, the band to camp. Doug is doing an amazing job. Uh, Doug is probably one of the most humble guys that I know. Very nice guy. And so as Doug was driving the van, I noticed that the pastor's wife was a backseat driver. She was telling Doug how to drive. And here's the thing about Doug. Doug was taking it real well. She would say, Doug, can you get in your right-hand lane? Doug would just get over in the right-hand lane with a smile. Doug, can you get over in the left-hand lane? Doug would just get over in the left-hand lane with a smile. But I wasn't smiling because I knew I was next. I was struggling already because I don't like backseat drivers. Didn't like them then and I don't like them now. So I'm struggling on the way to camp. Because I knew I was going to have to drive. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your heart right towards your leader. So I go to bed the first night at camp and I had a dream. I had a dream. And some dreams, you know, they don't mean nothing. It just means that you ate some bad pizza that night. But there's some dreams you, you know, you know. And, and then if there's some dreams, I'm talking to somebody right now. If you had a dream, you haven't figured it out. Well, first, don't, before you go to your friends, go to God. And if God don't tell you what the dream means, do one or two things. Either put the dream on the shelf or put it in the trash, one of the two. So anyway, when I woke up, I was like, Lord, because here's what it was. I had this dream, and in this dream, I went off on my pastors. When I said go off, I mean, I was cussing. I was fussing. I was, I was being disrespectful. I was going off on them. And in the dream, everybody was looking at me saying, what happened to Minister Eben? So when I woke up from the dream, it was so disturbing. It was so real to me. I woke up. I said, Lord, what does that mean? And the Lord said, Evan, 
You need to straighten your heart up. You need to check it because your heart is getting off on you, got off with your leaders. I was like, what? He says, you need to check yourself because your heart toward your leader is getting off. Well, you'd have thought I'd have listened to God. I didn't listen to him. Look, I'm at camp for the rest of the week. I'm learning. I'm growing. We praising the Lord and all that kind of stuff. But I tell you what, I didn't check myself. So now it's time to drive back. And Pastor Evan gets in the van. We don't even get on the ramp good. Soon as we get on the highway, Brother Evan, can you get over in the right hand lane? And how many know I was still struggling on the inside. I didn't want to get over in the right hand lane, but I did it because everybody was watching me. Well, (laughs) so she said, can you get over in your right hand lane? I was not happy. But I smiled. I was like that little boy in the corner. Okay. And this is what I was saying on the inside. I will, but please don't say nothing to me no more. And she did it again. And then she did it again. And then I became a pressure cooker. Come on now. You can't let it stay in too long. You're going to boil over. And she said, why, why she was in the midst of it. Uh, Evan, can you get, ah! I pulled the van over to the side of the road. And I said, you drive. I put it in park. I went and sat down on the van bench. And everybody's looking like, what happened to Minister Abby? And the Lord said, your dream has just come true. My heart towards my pastor was getting off. But I didn't know it. And let me tell you something. Once it's off, you can't receive. Say amen to that. Amen. Amen. So I gave some points on my second point was follow your leader by being reachable and staying teachable. So let me just summarize that by saying this. There are five ways to stay teachable. One of them is you got to realize that knowledge or teaching leaks. It's just like air in a balloon. When you have a balloon, have you ever had the helium balloons and your little kid, they wouldn't let you tear, you know, throw it in the trash. So now it's three weeks later and it ain't like flying no more. It's like barely hovering over the floor because the air in the balloon has leaked. Well, knowledge is like that as well. It leaks. Everybody say knowledge leaks. It, 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 it leaks. And so what you have to do is you have to stay filled up. You have to know. You have to keep knowing and you have to keep growing. Amen. So I'm going to stop right here. And uh, I'm going to refer you to the first service message. Because I don't want you all to be like, I was in church all day that past. He talking about he was on a van going off on his pastor. I don't want you all to do that. But I want you to, I'm going to summarize what I'm saying today. Once I realized that pastoral authority positions me to, watch this, to go towards my spiritual call. Because, see, there are people in life who are not fulfilled. They might be satisfied, but they're not fulfilled. See, money can satisfy you, but it doesn't necessarily fulfill you. It might help fulfill some things you want to drive. But I'm talking about, see, there's a spiritual call on everybody's life. 
God knew. He says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you and I've called you. So what happens is a lot of people in life, they pursue, watch this, their dreams in the natural. But they don't get that fulfillment in the spiritual because you are a spirit being first. God is a spirit. So when he put us here, he put inside of all of us a spiritual call. Say spiritual call. He's putting everybody something that he wants us to do. And until we tap into what that is, we won't experience fulfillment. And that's why a pastor's in your life to help you, to help point you in a, a spiritual direction so you can hear and sense and know what God is doing. Because see, there's so many people that are lost in this world. And the light that you have not only comes from how you live, the light that you have comes from, watch this now, you doing what God's called you to do. And I love it. I love it. I was telling Larry, I hope you're watching Larry. Maybe he stayed to the end. We were talking and I tell Larry, I said, Larry, you know, when I meet people on the street, because they don't know what I do when, they, when I'm on the street, they don't know. And so when they ask me what I do and I tell them some church people, you know, they might have issues with just how I look. I'm like, they can judge me. I don't care. So here's what I say. Don't judge a church from the pastor down. Judge the church from the members up. Because if the pastor is the only person doing well, something's wrong. Did y'all get something out of the lesson today? Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you today. The word has been sown. Thank you for using the word to bring adjustments to our hearts, to our minds, to our thoughts. Because God, our spiritual destinies are at stake. And there are many of us who've been offended along the way from different spiritual leaders, from what leaders did or didn't do. But today, God, we're going to trust your process because you set this up, not us. And you set it up for us to be uh, governed by and led by spiritual leaders. And I pray that today our hearts will stay in a posture to be led in a spiritual way so that we can discover the promised land that you have for us. And so we thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing back to our remembrance everything that's said when we need it in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, here's my question to you here in the room, and here's my question to you watching. If you die today...